This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI Audio, the place where blind people talk tech. Hello and welcome to Double Tap Canada. This is the show where we talk everything tech from smartphones, smart speakers to screen readers. We've got you covered. I say we, of course, I'm Sean Priest, but joining me as ever from Life After Blindness, it's Mr. Tim Monstrous Schwartz. Hello, Tim. Hello, Sean. Tim Monstrous <laughs> Schwartz. Okay. I'm not sure how to take that Well, you that are one. six foot four and, uh, you know, built like Frankenstein, so I think it fits with the Halloween theme. I guess it does. That's true. And that's better than in the past when you've called me Godzilla. So I guess, <laughs> I guess I'll take Frankenstein any time. But uh, you're right. This is the show. People need to remember the show where we talk about the all show. things Correct. technology. Yes. This is a technology show, honestly, as you say. <laughs> As you coined the term. We get there eventually. So, happy Halloween anyway, Tim. Yes, happy Halloween to you and everyone. I I love Halloween. It's one of my absolute favorite holidays. And mine too. There's just something special about it. You know, the closing of the curtains, turning out the lights, and pretending you're not in for every kid that knocks on the door. I just love that. How is that different for you than any other <laughs> night of the year? I don't, I don't know what the difference is, Sean. That's you hiding from the children outside all the time. Oh, no, I hate Halloween. I mean, it's just annoying, isn't it? Giving things away? Who wants to do that? No, terrible. But now, wait a minute. When you were a kid, it had to have been your favorite. I'm sure it was Stephen's favorite. Going around to other people's <laughs> homes and getting free candy. Really? No, no. I didn't grow up in the Depression. I mean, candy bars weren't <laughs> like a limited, rare thing for me anyway. Well, so it's fine. Where They're still not. But... <laughs> anyway, talking of Mr. Stephen Scott, he's not joining us this week because, well, ironically enough, he's got technical issues and can't record anything. You could have just left it at issues. But yes, he does have technical issues. If people have been following him along on Twitter, he had some issues with the microphone and mixer and... Oh, it's just all gone downhill since then. Yeah, well, we're not sure if it's the hardware or the new Catalina update on his brand spanking new MacBook, which just works, by the way, but not in this occasion. Mm. But hey, I'm sure he'll sort it out and he'll be back with us next week. But anyway, Mm. let's get on to the show this week and... (laughs) I'll be honest with you, Tim, I was struggling a little bit. There isn't a whole lot of news out there. You almost cursed just then. Um, no, there, <laughs> there is not a whole lot of news out there, quite honestly. Uh, Apple has released their newest update, which I told you so. You said 13.2 wouldn't be out before the end of the month, and it came out on Monday and fixed so many things. You had to do it, didn't you? You had to do the I told you so. I said a couple I of weeks, did. all right, and then it came out like in the next two days after I said it. Well, you know, I, I just it just made sense because they've got Apple TV Plus launching actually tomorrow. Yep. You know, they needed to get some things, I'm sure, in the background for that. And uh, then in addition to that, they, they added a lot of other things that we've been screaming for. So that's happened. But yes, you were right. I well, I was right. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging this. I've said it. I let's, was right. let's move on. Thank you. If I so, was Stephen, you wouldn't have acknowledged that, so I appreciate no, it. Definitely not. No. So we will be talking about iOS 13.2 and the fixes and new bugs introduced and whether it is time to update. Um, also, another Apple story, of course, but they have released 
the AirPods Pro. I mean, they did that silently. No fanfare, no fuss. Yeah, the Amazon all of a sudden? What's this all about? Just dropping products without really telling anybody? Although, I guess Amazon does tell everybody, but it's in a wild, chaotic afternoon of silliness. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this this was... I mean, it was expected, but the way they announced it was quite surprising. That was that was different for Apple to say, you know what, we're not going to do an October event. We don't even know yet if we're going to do a November event, but that product that was rumored, yeah, we'll just go ahead and release it. Here it is. Well, to be fair, they did do the same with the uh, AirPods 2, didn't they? I think they just released them just to the App Store or the uh, Apple Store, I should say. I guess they're just trying to temper expectations, just kind of throw it out there, see what happens, and not really tell you a whole lot about it, so... I don't know, but that's what we're here for, to tell everybody all about it and uh, whether they should buy it. That was beautiful, Tim. What a a Mm. professional you are. You're Um, welcome. And also, we're going to touch on the Orbit 20 update that we uh, meant to talk about last week, but of course we ran out of time. That's because Stephen was here and just didn't shut up. <sighs> but we will talk about that and uh, a new firmware update, which does add a interesting and I think needed feature. So we will get to that. Yep. But before that, let's go back to iOS 13.2. So last week we did get an email. I think it was from uh, Lou. Lou the Luddite, I think it was. Hey, Lou, how you doing? Yes, <laughs> And he was asking whether he had the, I think, the iPhone 6S and his wife had the uh, iPhone SE and whether it was worth updating from iOS 12 to iOS 13. And um, shockingly, we said no, wait, I think, Tim. We did. We did say wait just a little bit, let 13.2 at least roll out because so many people were having some issues and I thought it was was prudent. We all thought it was prudent just to wait at that point because, well, it was only going to be less than another week for it to come out. Yes, yes. (laughs) But no, I mean, I was using the the previous version. I I believe Stephen was as well. You have gone to the dark side and are using Android so you don't know but um, no no i did update my 6s to 13 oh good and uh as i said at the time that the performance wise i didn't notice a, a big difference between 12 and 13 it wasn't slower it wasn't like i think even as as lou uh, said in his email last week was that it didn't go down like the ios 7 to 8 where no. it was just totally virtually unusable when i swapped over to that um but um, no, performance-wise, I think it's absolutely fine. But I was saying that the bugs in iOS 13, at least the initial release, were enough that it put me off. And you know, unless you really needed to use it, I don't know why you would rush to update anyway. Well, and that's exactly the thing. People like us always rush to update because we want to play with new toys, and and we're just that yes. we're just that techie <laughs> geeky that we want to do that. But for for anyone that's not that techie and geeky as we are, yeah, there's not really a rush, especially with this one, because there were some, uh, for lack of a better term, mainstream iOS type of of uh, bugs and issues that people were having. Sighted people uh, is what I mean. Oh, um, yeah. But that said. There were so many issues with voiceover, as, as we talked about on the last episode. There were focus issues in iMessage, or it would drop you just kind of, I don't even know where, just 10 or 12 messages up into the list, and there was some calling issues. Now, I, I didn't really have that issue happen to me, but I think when people were making phone calls, as they came off the call, they were losing voiceover or losing speech or something. So Yeah, like voiceover would mute. It was a strange one. And as you said, I've heard a lot of people talk about that, and then also people saying, it's not an issue for me. So it was a strange one. Well, that said, though, I don't use my phone for, well, a phone all that much. So Who does? Yes. So if I'm, if I'm calling... 
calling anybody, it's usually, you know, maybe FaceTime audio or even, even that I don't really use that much. It's, you know, calling on WhatsApp or, or sending audio yep. messages or things like that, you know, you Skype or Zoom. So, um, I rarely am actually having a true old fashioned phone call. Gee, you know, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, issues with that and, and some other focus issues, getting focus on the status bar was very tricky. It could be done. But boy, you had to be persistent and touch oh, it, it and drove just me the right crazy. Way. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one. Trying to find your battery life going up to oh. that top corner. Oh, I don't know how many yeah, times exactly. I kept sliding my finger up to the top right, just slide, slide, slide. You know, like <laughs> ten times. Finally, I just get a a, a bit of it to read. I go, okay, that's yeah. all I needed to hear. Thanks. You know, but um, but yeah. So that that was an issue. So yeah, so many different voiceover issues. Did they break your experience? Was it a big problem? Eh, you know, I, I learned to deal with the focus issues and not being able to get to the status bar and all that. It, it was frustrating, but I could deal. But I could see where many other people would have these issues and be like, you know what? Nope, this is broken. I can't do it. This yeah, is too why bother? Why yeah, exactly. Why bother? Yeah, it's too it's too frustrating. So, uh, uh-uh. and that's that's exactly why we had suggested don't do it yet. Wait till at least thirteen point two because we knew that would be the next one because that was what was in beta. And when that came out, we were really hoping that it would fix a lot of these things. And it did. I mean, the focus issue has been fixed in messages and also in the Find My app. Um, that was somewhere where the focus would jump around. But I mean, oh, was, that was a pain. <laughs> yes, it always is, flick, though, isn't it? Yeah, you'd flick to the right or left, knowing who was going to be next in the list, and it would pop you somewhere else randomly in the list. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's not who I'm trying to look at. So that <laughs> stop stalking people, Tim. That has been fixed. <laughs> also, the um, voiceover muting after you end a call has been fixed as well. Um, is there any other major issues that have been fixed there, Tim? Um, sorry, have I thrown you under the bus? Yes, Sean. Actually, you did just throw me under the bus. Thanks. Thanks so much for that. <laughs> Let me check my notes just to make sure, because there are actually many things that have been uh, fixed with voiceover in 13.2. I-, I would suggest, of course, people go to applevis.com. There is a really good article that they put up there about this. But some of the, the more notable things outside of what we've already talked about I used to have this problem all the time and it would frustrate me. When I would dictate text in iMessage, it wouldn't read back the text to me that I just dictated. And so I'd have to go find the the box oh, and yeah. have it read it back, which is fine because you want to make sure that it dictated it correctly. At least, well, I do. I know some people don't check to make sure. No, I don't care. Ugh. You get what you get. Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually <laughs> funny sometimes. That's actually quite fun. But uh, for for the reader, not necessarily for the sender. But um, but yeah. So now Voiceover does read what is uh, dictated into a box, so that's very helpful. There are some issues with videos where it would say it was paused, but it really wasn't. That's been fixed. In the Photos app, there's uh, a nice fix for videos, actually, because now using VoiceOver, you can do a trim at the beginning or end of a video. So if you want to... Yeah, if you started it a little too soon, you want to clip off something at the beginning or you you know ended it kind of abruptly or kind of an odd ending, you can trim it uh, off at the beginning and the end, and uh, that does work with voiceover. So I like that. Um, I've never done that, you know. I've never trimmed a video on on the phone itself at any point it's quite cool that you can even do that using voiceover 
Yeah, the fact that you can even do that, uh, I think that was something that was introduced with iOS 13 to do that right there in the videos app or in the photos app, I should say, with videos. And yeah, yeah. now being able to do that with voiceover, that's just that's just cool to be able to say, you know what, I want to go into this moment and then trim this off the beginning or trim this off the end. That to me, to be able to do that on your phone that easily is just so cool. Although I guess that really shouldn't surprise us considering the editing and things that we do for, for our shows and, and you know, podcasts and things, <laughs> you know, audio wise, we do that all the time. So to be able to do it with video right on our phone, that that's just a, a next step. So I really like that. How one. dare you? This isn't edited. This is, you know, as it is. I don't edit anything, Tim. I, I said our shows and podcasts. I didn't say necessarily this show, <laughs> but um, yeah, nothing about this is edited. There's no editing involved at all. Yes, nothing ever is said that needs to be cut out of the show, ever. No! <laughs> I'll cut that bit out. Anyway, yeah, so th there's, uh, I think the Apple Viz article does point to 17 fixes. As I said, do check the Apple Viz article out. They always do a great job when these updates are released of letting you know what bugs are in there. And um, there are some new bugs that have been added, uh, sadly, introduced with this update. But I don't think there's any showstoppers in there, Tim. No, not really, Sean. There, there's only a few things that have been introduced with 13.2, uh, a Braille issue with some focus. Uh, when you have a line break, there, there's some focus issues there. And then the misspelled words option in the rotor is popping up in places where there's not words that could possibly even be misspelled. There, it's, it's not like an editable field or anything. So that's that's kind of an issue. So that one, though, I, I've seen online where people are saying, just go into your rotor settings and remove misspelled words, and then it just won't appear anywhere. Now, that obviously is a problem if you like using that somewhere where you're editing text and you no. want the misspelled words. But what? It's a problem? I like misspelled words. Uh, you know, yeah. I can barely speak, let alone type, so people got to accept that as well. Yes, well, there there is that. But yeah, so so that one at least has a workaround. But uh, yeah, there are a few things, but nothing that I would say is a game breaker, nothing that's going to really hurt your, your use of 13.2. So at this point, I don't have any problem suggesting to people that they go ahead and upgrade. I think this is, this is really good as updates go. This has fixed a lot of the major issues that we were having. And uh, yeah, now it's just time to get ready for Apple TV+. Plus. Oh, wow. Are we segueing already? Well, we don't okay, have to. Yeah. I mean, so you're, you you're, you're captain of the no, ship. No, is no, there more no, that we Tim. need to... No, you've said it now. It's okay. too late. <laughs> so there you go. Yes, let me get the last word in. It's okay to update now, we think. Oh, and uh, FlickType works as well now, Tim. So I think in the third-party keyboards issue has been solved, maybe, at least in FlickType. Yes! That, yeah, we, we buried the lead there. That's absolutely true. That was probably the thing that I loved the most outside of being able to access the status bar again was, yes, the, the iOS issues with third-party keyboards apparently has just been fixed. That's kind of gone under the radar, which means, yeah, FlickType works again. Hooray! Oh, that I'm is the so happy. That is probably, seeing AI and FlickType are the things I miss most about <laughs> my iPhone. Uh, FlickType was just amazing, is oh, amazing, so I'm, I'm so glad to see that back. Yep. Anyway, um, what were we moving on to? I've totally forgotten. Was the Apple TV, which is Apple released TV tomorrow. Plus, yeah, comes out tomorrow. They'll be streaming their first TV shows and movies, and... You know what? I'm really looking forward to this, although some of the critics have really been harsh to some of the shows and movies that are coming out at launch. But I'm still excited. I'm still interested. But I don't know if this is a good strategy or bad, because it seems as though when it launches, 
there's only, I don't know, a handful of, of TV shows and movies that are coming to Apple TV+. Plus. They're going to be slowly rolling out things over time, which I think that's the good part. We know that they're going to continue rolling out more content, and that that's always good. But to launch with, what, th- you know, two or three or three or four shows and, and a handful mm-hmm. of movies, people will, will binge through those pretty quickly. And then what are they left with? You know, in comparison, we see that, you know, Disney Plus is coming out on the 12th and that's got, you know, like 200 and some odd different TV shows and movies at launch. Several that are original brand new things that have never been seen before that'll be only available in the app. Obviously, they have a library to tap into at Disney and they, of course, own 20th Century Fox as well. So they've got tons of, of content and a back catalog that they can launch, which Apple doesn't have. But I don't know. Do you think that's going to be a problem, Sean? Yes, I do. And it's something I said previously, that the amount of content they've got, I think, is going to be an issue. Now, the fact that they're giving it away to people that, well, giving it away seems a bit generous, but um, to people that buy $5 a month isn't bad. No, well, exactly. But then, as you said, if, if you do have the ability as with something like Netflix to binge watch an entire series... I mean, how many people are going to power watch through a season and then that's it? Like you said, what are we left with? You know, how soon are they going to add new content? So I really do think that is going to be an issue. Um, But, hey, who knows what they may have um, that they haven't promoted so much. I I find it really hard to believe that they're going to, hey, here it is. We've got four shows for you. I, I find that really difficult to believe but it's apple who knows what they're going to do but look we can't take away the um, audio description aspect that's the most exciting thing for me you know having every program having audio description at least that's what we've been told or promised and not only in english but in eight different languages i mean that really sort of leads the way as far as i'm concerned of course you could make the argument well that's because you got so few uh, shows on there to audio describe of course it's right. going to be easier but um yeah we'll have to wait and see i'm not entirely convinced i am slightly worried about the way the streaming uh audio not audio streaming media platform is going you know with the likes of netflix has always been great for me i think it's got so much content there the audio description is always growing and done really well of course it could always be better but netflix so far have been um leading the way i think um with all these splintering of content you know as you said disney and um i think there's there's quite a few coming out now and the content is going to be exclusive to a certain streaming platform i do worry how much you know you're going to end up paying quite a lot a month to get the content that you want but hey we'll have to wait and see how that goes but yeah it's it's always fun to see a new platform out there and being from apple you know we're going to be interested well, of course, we're going to be interested. I'm going to be signing up on day one. I already of like, <laughs> of course I am. I already like a lot of the fixes and updates that they've done to the Apple TV app because with iOS 13, they actually included the ability to connect other apps or services to the TV app. So for instance, on my phone, I didn't realize I had this many, but with my satellite uh, subscription that we have, our, our cable subscription, we, of course, can log in using that uh, account and get streaming video from several different television stations independently or individually. And so I've had to download 
several different TV channel apps. And I, I didn't realize, but I have almost 40 of them downloaded on my phone. I just right. crammed them. I crammed them all in the one folder. So it's just a TV apps folder. But rather than having to go to each individual app now, they can connect to Apple TV as an app. And once you connect them, you can just do everything and view it all through the Apple TV app, the ones that can be connected. And yeah. so when you go in there, you can search for new content, you know, for TV shows and movies. It suggests things to you as it always has. But when you go to play something, rather than what it used to do, which was kick you out of Apple TV and put you into that other app by that TV station, it now just keeps you within the app, at least, again, for the things that have been connected to Apple TV, which means more accessibility for us. So in addition to Apple TV Plus and their original content being audio described, and they have promised that, like you said, and all of the trailers so far, if you go to Apple.com and view the trailers at least that way, all the trailers have audio description. And yeah. so that that's a great promise, and I'm happy about that. But just the mere fact that I can use Apple TV as kind of a hub, as a primary place to say, okay, here's all these shows that I want to watch and I can flag them and put them in my library or my list or whatever and play them accessibly through an Apple app, a native Apple app, instead of worrying, oh, is this third-party app accessible? Can I get this button to work? There are a couple apps yeah. where I want to watch live programming. There's you know, a show that I want to watch live and I can hear the live button. I try to tap the live button and it doesn't do anything. It just sits there like um, nothing, you know. So <laughs> you know, being able to to have control at least of on-demand stuff through Apple TV is, is going to be very helpful. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, this new program, C, we've talked about that a little bit already where everybody in the future is blind and then twins are born with vision and that's just, oh my gosh, <gasps> vision, what's that? Um, I'm interested <laughs> to see how that works. I, I've read that there's a lot of blood and guts and gore and adult themes in this show very game Ooh. of thrones Hello. um yeah i read that recently there was a rumor that tim cook wanted all the content on apple tv plus to be family friendly and, oh, boring. and all that well but then it turns out all the critics are watching these things with their first uh you know reviews of it and everything is like TV 14 or PG 13. There's a movie that's going to be rated R. Uh, the thing that Spielberg and Tom Hanks are doing. That's the, the kind of the follow-up to band of brothers from HBO from years ago. Um, that, that program is of course going to be uh, adult oriented because it's about world war two. And so the content thus far is very adult oriented. I mean, they're going to have a Sesame street show for kids about coding and stuff. And of course that better be oh, child cool. friendly. Yeah. I like that one. I, I actually just want to watch it just because I want to learn coding as a child, you know, <laughs> uh, that'll be fun. But, um, but no, I, I think it's interesting how everybody thought it was going to be all this family friendly content. And it turns out not so much. They're just trying to put the best content, at least as, far as they feel is the best content put that out there and uh, get as many big names as they can and i actually like that i'm happy about that because is is okay as it would have been to have it all be family friendly that's what i'm going to get from disney plus so yeah. I, i'm happy to see them venture out and be almost more like a netflix where they have family content they have adult content they have everything in between so wow. that part i like but yeah still just a handful of of things at the launch that that just still worries me yeah, but as I said, I'd be really surprised. I just can't believe that you're going to open up the Apple TV Plus app and be greeted by just three or four shows, you know? But 
we'll have to wait and see. But I think far more interesting, Tim, in what you said, is how much you enjoy adult movies. So uh, well done, very nice that of you. That is not what I said brave at to all. Say on the show. That anyway, is not what I said. <laughs> Ugh. On that note, actually, well, not on that note. Uh, moving quickly on from that, um, say, you... on that note, Sean, is there something you need to tell us about your no, no, no. adult movies? Sorry, <clears throat> did you see the story that Netflix have introduced a new feature? And I did check this out because it is on Android, uh, the Android Netflix app, that allows you to speed up playback. So you can, like you can with podcasts or audiobooks on Audible, you know, you can watch something at 1.5 times the normal speed. And there's been a bit of an uproar about this from directors and actors. Uh, I think Breaking Bad's Aaron Paul, I think his name is, um, he's said it's a terrible idea. You know, it's messing with the art that is the show. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I did try it out, and I watched Sherlock at uh, one and a half times, and uh, I'll bet I actually that quite hilarious. liked it. <laughs> well, I mean, it didn't give me the chipmunk mode or anything like that. It was um, it was okay. I'm not entirely sure if it's a needed feature, but I do quite like it. I don't know how to feel about that, quite honestly. I mean... I like it for audiobooks, although sometimes there's audiobooks that I want to listen to at normal speed because I want to be engrossed in it the way that it was meant to be, and I want to escape into that world that I'm reading about, and so I want it at normal speed. There are some books that maybe are a little bit more, you know, like biographies or, or instructional. Oh, my goodness. No, you don't want to speed those up. Anyway, um, but or, or do you? Well, okay. We're going to get in so much trouble. We're never going to be allowed to do this We're by We're coming up to again. the break. Come on, Yes, Tim. hurry, hurry. Yes, please come to the break. But um, but no, the, there are some audiobooks that I, I, I don't mind having sped up, but I do like listening to them in normal speed. For podcasts, I listen to a lot of those faster because I've got so many that I want to get through. And so that's this one, particularly this. Yeah, (laughs) right now I want to get through this one as fast as possible. But um, so I don't mind it for that, and I speed that up quite a bit. But for a movie, I mean, it's an interesting feature, but I don't know how often I will personally use it. I haven't tried it yet. I will be. I'm planning to try it just to see how it goes. But I don't. I don't know that I have a desire to use it for movies. You see, you say that, and I thought the same thing about the skip the intro button. I thought, who wants to use that? And I find that I use it all the time. Oh, I was happy about that. I I like skipping intros. Yeah, but it's crazy. It's like a 20-second intro, you know, and you skip. I haven't got time. Who's got time for that? We are so, I want it now. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure about that feature either. Anyway, that's it. We've run out of time. We're going to go to the break. Hold on, wait, Sean. Before we get to the break, I know it's coming up quickly, but one other thing about Netflix, which I actually just found out about on a couple Facebook groups I belong to, they moved the list of genres and categories of different films and TV shows. So where you used to be able to go (laughs) find an actual category listing for audio-described content... It's not in the same place. You actually have to go to the top of the main screen where it says TV shows and movies. And then once you do that, you can filter out different genres. So action, adventure, whatever. But audio description is now one of those genres. 
and they thankfully put it right at the top. It's not at the bottom anymore. So if you want to filter out your results in Netflix by audio described content, you can, but you have to select TV shows or movies first as a category and then filter it. It's not like it used to be. So if you can't find it, like I couldn't, and like many other people online apparently couldn't, <laughs> it is still there. It's just in a different place. Oh, thank you, Tim. You are so helpful, aren't you? Um, let's just hope that the actual content in the audio description section is actually audio described. That was an issue I was having before. So hopefully that's fixed as well. Anyway, that's it. We've got to go to the break. But stick with us because in the second half, we will be talking AirPods Pro and the Orbit 20 Braille Display Update. Stay with us. And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. <laughs> Welcome back to Double Tap Canada. I'm Sean Priest. He is Tim Schwartz, and as it is Halloween, I thought I would give you a special treat, and Tim is going to do his vampire stroke Dracula impression. <laughs> Over to you, Tim. Well, now that you've put me in the spot, Sean, wow. During um, the break yes. there, he was moaning that he didn't get to do his vampire impression. <laughs> See, so I'm giving you the spotlight, Tim. Off you go. Well, that, I'm sure that I'll, I will fit it into my Life After Blindness podcast at some point, as I have oh, done nice on Halloween episodes in the past where I, I did the vampire voice. But yes, Sean, blah, happy Halloween to everyone, blah. Oh, that was perfect. That was worth waiting for. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> you're welcome, you're welcome, blah. Okay, that's enough, Tim. Stop it. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's get back into it. Now, it does seem like we're being a little bit Apple-heavy this week, yeah. I'll admit it. But we need to talk about the newly released AirPod Pros. Uh, that's a bit of a tongue twister. Uh... The AirPod Pros. AirPods are, of course, Apple's Bluetooth wireless headphones. You wear one in each ear independently, no cables at all. Very nice from what I hear. I haven't actually got a pair yet. Uh, and this is the latest generation. So it's strange to me this. They were released silently without fanfare, as I said, onto the um, Apple Store. You can buy them right now. Uh, Canadian, I think it's $329. Wow. I thought That's... $250 in the US sounded bad. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that sounds, sounds worse. worse. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it, you're paying for that pro label, aren't you? And um, I'm not entirely sure what makes any headphones pro. I don't think anyone in a studio is going to be using some uh, AirPods. But have you got AirPods already, the, the first or second gen? No, I do not. And no, I do not intend to buy them. No, I do not intend to buy the Ooh. pro. Um, not for any real negative reason outside of the price, to be very honest with you. The $250 price tag here in the U.S. is is enough to keep me from purchasing it. It was hard enough for me to pull the trigger on the $200 Bose AR frame. So, you know, yes. $250 for, for AirPods, when I have a variety of other Bluetooth devices that I'm happy with, uh, I, I want them. Don't, don't get me wrong. As a tech geek, as we've established early on in this show, and, well, on and an some Apple episodes. Boy. Yes. yes. Well, and as an Apple fanboy, and over the last hundred and some odd episodes, yes, we've established this quite well. But wanting them and and needing them is different. Yes. And you know, as as my wife keeps reminding me, and uh, you know, it's just it, it is a hard pill to swallow. I think the pro tag. Is that Apple's way of trying to justify the price tag? I, I'm not really sure, but 
yeah, I mean, these are nice for what they are. They do have noise cancellation in them, finally. It took them three versions of AirPods to get noise cancellation. That, whoa, 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 hang uh, on, hang on. I don't think there's there's not that many um, wireless headphones out there that have noise cancelling, I don't think. Uh, well, here I you go, go on, run off a big list now. <laughs> Prove me wrong again, Tim. Well, you know, Bose has some, Plantronics has some, Sony... Okay, uh, I take it all back. Okay, anyway. So, yeah, with the noise cancellation, and now Siri has new abilities, and there is a mode that, that I am interested in that uh, will, will open your ears up to more sound, but... Uh, <laughs> okay, Tim, let me jump in there, because I can tell you're struggling a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm struggling because I, I have read about them. Not that I haven't looked them over. Not that I haven't been interested... But I'm just kind of like, eh, you know, I just, they're yeah. new Bluetooth headphones. So I, I, don't I kind know. of you, agree with you. And look, I, yeah. I, I don't have any AirPods either. And uh, I'm just worried about losing them all the time. I think they're at that, that price point that, yeah. that they are, even the first gens or the second gens, that price point. And if I lose one, I know I'd be crying for weeks. So um, it does feel like we're being forced into this whole Bluetooth headphones um arena though doesn't it because the the disappearance of the headphone jack it seems like we don't really have a choice you know you're going to go bluetooth and that's it and um so far i haven't been blown away by any bluetooth headset when it comes to typing on a phone and that lag that i always experience i know that's you know some people say i don't experience a lag and some people do but either way um when it comes to the airpods pro there's three main features here. So as you mentioned, you've got active noise cancellation, which basically means it cuts out that external noise by using the microphone that are built into the AirPods. And I don't know, it's some sort of clever algorithm magic that it does to invert that signal, <laughs> plays it back into your ear, so it cancels out that noise. So, it, you know, it really isolates you and immerses you in that whatever you're listening to, which sounds great, but, you know, there is a battery hit to that. It does use your um, sure. some of your battery life. But uh, that really isn't that important to me. Some people really do love that. If you're traveling, you know, commuting, some people love to cut out all that external noise. Um, but along with that is the actual design of these new AirPods. Um, I loved the AirPods, the Apple AirPods design and the previous AirPods design where they just sort of sit in your ear, not into your ear canal, but just sit on top of the lobe there almost. I don't even know if there's a term for that, but I, I really <laughs> I loved know. how that worked because you could hear things that were going on around you, um, but they didn't fall out. It wasn't over the ear, which I wasn't a fan of because you get hot ears and I hate that. Um, so I really loved that design, but these <laughs> go in a different direction and they are in ear as in you do push them into your ear canal and usually for me that's a straight away no i hate that i always hate that feeling i hate it you know when you can hear your voice like it's coming from somewhere else i hate that but apple have gone an interesting way with this and they don't protrude that far into the ear canal and they've added a vent in there that takes away that feeling of being boxed in that feeling of almost like your ears popping that compression feeling that you get within in-ear headphones so i'd be interested to see if that design actually works um but the the other feature as well as you mentioned uh, is transparency uh, and that is the game changer as well because what that does like the active noise cancellation uses the microphone to cancel out external noises um with transparency once you turn that on it will actually 
listen to what's going on around you, that environmental noise, and pipe it directly into your ears. Just pass it through to the speakers, which, you know, obviously for us makes it really useful for uh, when we're out and about because we do need to hear what's going on. When you're getting directions through GPS or whatever you're doing with voiceover, being able to hear what's going on around you is vital. So if that does work well, and from some of the reports I've read so far, it does then these could actually be used by us when we're out and about and not just sat in enjoying music. Yeah, I know we kind of pick on this, and and I was making fun of it a bit at the beginning. But yeah, in all seriousness, this is a feature that if I could justify the cost, this would be something that would make me interested enough to purchase it. Between the venting, like you talked about, uh, of of the sound, you know, so you can not feel like you're closed in. And then, yes, this transparency technology... I am interested in that because this is exactly why bone conduction headphones or even the Bose AR frames, like I mentioned, are so popular amongst the blind because of the fact that they don't necessarily sit over or in your ear. You are able to keep your ears free to listen to things around you. And so that makes your environment primary and the audio secondary instead of the other way around. And like you mentioned, when you're needing GPS directions, walking directions, or something like that you want the environment to be primary and those directions to be secondary because you don't want the directions to get in the way of what you're trying to listen to in your environment so other people or traffic or whatever it might be so yeah to have that type of technology in ear pods or airpods like this that go in your ear but still allow you to hear things around you like bone conduction or or the Bose frame type technology in a similar way that is appealing to me and that that is interesting it might be one of those things where when the next version of airpods come out and these go down in price maybe maybe then i'll I'll jump on board yes (laughs) yeah if it ever happens well of course we do need to try these out and i'm sure you know steve and i'm sure he's bought and ordered these already so Uh, I think they will be coming up on a uh, future episode of Double Tap TV, so look out for that. I would not be surprised whatsoever. (laughs) No, not at all. You know, I'll be honest with you, I'm never going to buy these. They're far too rich for my blood. Just, I think they're too expensive. But I know people do um, spend that sort of money on headphones. So for those of you that do like your sound quality or high quality, then maybe these are for you. But yeah, not for me, I'm afraid. Anyway, let's move on to the Orbit 20. We did want to talk about this last week because I did notice that they've got a firmware update available for this. And for those of you that don't know, Tim, here's a quick rundown of what the Orbit 20 is. Go for it. Under the bus again. Thank you, Sean. Wow. The Orbit 20 is a Braille reading device. There. That's my technical analysis. (laughs) I'll save you, Tim. Uh, Sorry. Yes, you're you're actually right. There's not much more to add, but it is the first or one of the first affordable Braille displays. As the name suggests, it's 20 cell. It retails for around 700 US dollars from the American printing house. I got that price. Um, So it's far cheaper than a lot of the competition out there, which can cost thousands. You know, it's a real block in the way of people learning Braille. Um, So from that point of view, it's fantastic. 
I've actually got hold of one, and I've got to say, it's really nice. It's really compact. I don't use Braille, um, sadly. Um, I still haven't learned it yet, but my partner... Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't either. My partner has, has put it, uh, paired it with her phone, and uh, she's she's really enjoying it. Um, but anyway, they've recently announced an update, a firmware update, which adds a interesting feature. Now, it may sound a little bit geeky, and it's not very sexy, let's be honest, but it's one of these changes that goes on in the background that can actually make a real difference and it's an important change and that is the inclusion of usb hid support can you explain that tim (laughs) sure sean yes the usb hid they hid it somewhere is what they did no it's human interface (laughs) device see you thought you were going to catch me on that one i did this is a, a braille standard that the uh, Orbit Reader is able to now uh, take part in, which I believe they are the first to upgrade their device for this. Oh, you're doing so well, Tim. It's not actually a Braille standard. It is a USB um, organizational standard. That's what so, I said. That's what I no, said. An USB organizational standard for human interface devices. That's exactly <laughs> what I said. How dare you? Of course. Of course you did, Tim. Well done. That's it. I'm not going to throw you under the bus anymore. I promise. So basically... Why this is important is because currently, for every Braille display and every screen reader package out there, be it Jules or NVDA or whatever it is, there needs to be a a communication protocol. You know, how does the screen reader talk to the Braille display? And for each one of those, if, say, Jules gets an update, then you need to test if that communication protocol for whatever Braille display it is, is still working? Does it bring in any bugs, any issues? And vice versa, if you update the um, Braille display, does it still work with the screen reader? And that takes a lot of work, a lot of testing, and it can be expensive. So using the USB human interface devices protocol means that everybody knows exactly how to communicate with each other. So the developers of screen reading software knows that this is how to talk to Braille displays and vice versa. So just like when you plug in a keyboard or a mouse or whatever into a computer, um, the computer always knows just how to use it, then that should be the same for Braille displays, which could be really important. So, yeah, this is a really interesting feature. It is slightly niche, I know, and slightly geeky. But um, if if this is the way that they're all going to go, it should make, you know, will this Braille display work in this version of Jaws or whatever? It should make that a thing of the past. So it's very important and should make uh, using a Braille display even easier. So, yeah. Well done. Yeah, that's the nice thing about it is that they were able to just do this through a firmware update to to get to this standard for human interface devices. And so, yeah, it is something that's really good and, and so good on them for making sure that they are keeping up with it. As you said, it is geeky, but it's also necessary to have these kind of standards in place and to be able to support them. So, yeah, I think this is a really good update. Definitely. Anyway, let's jump over to you, our beloved listeners, and let's go to the emails and messages. Oh, Before we start, I better do this, otherwise Stephen will kill me. If you want to get in contact with us, you can email feedback at ami.ca or you can leave us an audio message by ringing this number. Tim. I guess that's my cue. This number is 1-866-509-4545. Professional as ever. Well done, Tim. That was perfect. And you can also follow us on Twitter. um, And I do know this because I wrote it down from last week. 
Our Twitter handle is at Double Tap Canada. Oh boy. Yeah, Sean, at Double Tap Canada. It is it is that simple, truly. And you can ask us a question using the hashtag Ask Double Tap. Well done. Stephen will be proud, perhaps. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So that's at Double Tap Canada, and the hashtag is Ask Double Tap. There, I got through it. Whew. Anyway, oh, and don't forget, if you do leave us an audio message, don't forget just to give us permission to use it on the air. And talking of which, here's a question from Tiffany regarding Microsoft Soundscape. Hello, this is Tiffany. This is a message for Double Tap Canada, uh, Tim, Sean, and Stephen. On this week's show, you were talking about Soundscape from Seeing AI, and I've been thinking about trying it. I recently moved, and um, I think it could help. Only thing is, I'm a little nervous about um, walking around with headphones like AirPods in my ears. I don't know uh, how safe that would be. I have a Plantronics headset like Tim talked about on the show. I'm not sure if that would work. Um, so I'm just curious about your thoughts on that. Thanks. Well, first of all, Sean, as with most of our audio callers, Tiffany got the order correct. She put me first. I love it. Oh, <laughs> no. Never put Tim first. Oh. Thank you. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, first of all, I hope she's enjoying the Plantronics uh, Bluetooth that I suggested many, many uh, episodes ago. But, yeah, the, the problem is with, like, a single-ear Bluetooth device like the Plantronics that I use a lot – that's not really going to be the the best and optimal way to use Soundscape because Soundscape, as we've described, is kind of a – it's not really augmented reality, but in a way it kind of is because it does put you into the environment or at least put the environment around you in, in an audio kind of way. So what that means is, as, as we've talked about, Sean, if something is up into your left or on your left side – the sound would come from your left if you're using stereo headphones, whether that's you know corded or Bluetooth. So you will hear directionally where things are in space. And that's a nice feature specific to Soundscape, but obviously a single ear Bluetooth isn't really going to do that that well. Now, if you're just wanting to get general information and get to a marker or something, you can do that in a single ear Bluetooth, but it's just not going to be the same with Soundscape. I would suggest anything that is off the ears, so anything that's bone conduction technology, so like the jaw bones or uh, anything like that. Of course, the bone. Aftershocks. The aftershocks, yeah, thank you. I, I knew there They're was another one. popular. Yep, the ever popular aftershocks. Uh, and then something like the Bose AR frames that we've obviously uh, talked about quite a bit. I know Steven has finally gotten a chance to use them a little bit more. I still just love them. I I'm, I'm really happy with my Bose frames. So something like that because it doesn't cover up your ears. Now, that said, you, you can do it. You can put on something like AirPods, especially the AirPods Pros now that, that we were talking about earlier in the show that uh, have that transparency mode and that venting and all that to where you can hear what's going on around you. So anything like that is going to be helpful with something like Soundscape because if you're walking, you want to still be able to hear the environment around you as well as still hear the audio that Soundscape's giving you. You could put yep. earpods in or, or some sort of other, other headphones in or on your ears, but you may muffle the sound and, and that could be obviously kind of dangerous as a blind person trying to navigate so so yeah anything like that job bone or aftershocks anything bone conduction like we said the bose frames these new pros from apple anything like that that's off the ear or or allows your ear to still hear things would be fantastic 
Yeah, I think it's just important that they're a stereo pair of headphones. It's as simple as that. Because yeah, that, that's the first rule. Yeah, make sure it's stereo. Because otherwise, soundscape really is, I don't want to say pointless, but it's... <laughs> yeah, I would. It, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it kind of defeats the purpose. Well, I mean, the whole point is that, I, I mean, when I've used them, and it, this really impressed me, actually. There was a bus stop I was looking for. I know, I don't usually do public transport, but this was a, a one-off. And um, I could tell that the bus stop was beeping away in my left ear. And as I turned the corner, it shifted and actually felt like it moved around to my right ear. And that's all to do with the stereo effect, the 3D audio positioning. And that's what gives you the navigation and the orientation. So the most important thing is, obviously, to use stereo headphones. But as for the safety factor as well and feeling comfortable in yourself, that you need to be able to hear the environmental noise around you. So, yeah, that's something like the bone conduction is something that people really do like. But I just used a, an old pair of uh, Apple AirPods, and they always worked fine for me, and I could hear enough around me that I didn't feel unsafe. So, yeah, I hope that helps, Tiffany, and thank you for the message. Next email. Okay, I'm on it, Tim. Hang on. So this next one is actually related to Tiffany's question. This is from Robin. Dear Stephen Smooth Talking Scott. Tim Sonneris, Schwartz, and Sean Mutley, please. Loving the show as always. You mentioned last week that the Bose frames supported the 3D effect of soundscape. Can you confirm that this means that Bose have made the compass that's built into their glasses accessible to soundscape so that, when you move your head, the points of interest around you pan just as they do if you turn the phone? Also, do you have any inside info on when the new frames might be coming out? Keep up the great work, guys. Thanks, Robin the Boy Blunder. <laughs> Thank you, Robin. What did he call me? <laughs> Never mind that. What did he call me? That's the thing. I know what he was calling you. I believe he was referring to you as Muttley, which is an old, <laughs> old joke about your uh, your, hey. your giggle. Yes, my intoxicating laugh. Yes. Um, yes. Anyway, let's get to the question. Uh, this is actually more for Stephen to answer, but um, we will put it back to him next week. So this is all to do with Stephen's recent visit to Canada and Microsoft, where he was lucky enough to try out a pair of Bose AR frames with Soundscape. Now, he didn't go into a great deal of detail. I'm not sure if he means that the uh, version of Soundscape that he used, as Robin said, has been updated to use the sensors inside the AR frames. So you don't have to move the phone or it doesn't go off which way the phone is pointing but rather which way you're facing or which way you're looking using the Bose AR frames um, we'll have to post that back to Stephen and see what he says next week um, but currently with the current version of Soundscape Tim the Bose AR frames just act as headphones is that right? That's right, unless Stephen was using some sort of beta version of Soundscape, which is quite possible. He probably was. He probably was, knowing him. If there was some sort of testing version or beta version of Soundscape where they are partnering with Bose Frames, that would be something that uh, only he could answer, like you said. But yeah, currently, the way that Soundscape works is it's using its own technology. It's using GPS, of course, in your location and compass and all those kinds of things that it gets right from your phone. It's not currently connected to the Bose frames at all. So yeah, if he was getting it to, to work that way, that is definitely different and might be some breaking news. But in order to make Bose AR frames work with any app, uh, when you open up the app, it will actually ask you 
if you are using Bose AR frames and it will try to detect those, it'll say, you know, have them nearby and turned on, of course, and then it'll, it'll detect them and you have to select it from a list as if you would have more than one. And, uh, although I guess you could. Um, so yeah, that's been my experience. All the apps that I've used that are specifically connected and designed to to be used with Bose frames, you have to select the Bose frames from a list and then it will connect to the Bose AR frames so that the app can use the technology built into the Bose AR frames. So that being said, I think it'd be a great partnership. It would make a lot of sense because it could get additional information, not just what your phone is giving Soundscape, but what Bose AR frames are giving it. And, And what I mean by that is that Bose AR frames with the compass and all the other sensors that are built into it, you can look left, look right. So it's not a matter of just walking down the street and getting a general kind of uh, spatial awareness or direction given to you. You could just turn your head and get additional information as to where things are in space. So that would be a great asset to something like Soundscape. Because like we mentioned before, Soundscape is meant to be spatial audio. It's meant to be 3D, meant to be listened to in stereo. And you want your ears uncovered when you're using something like that, or at least optimally you would. So yeah, I think Bose AR frames would be a fantastic partner to it. But yeah, right now in the live public version of it, nothing like that at all, unfortunately. Yeah, sorry, Robin, we can't help you out. And I don't know when or if the next version of the Bose AR frames are going to be released. Um, There hasn't been really much news on that either. So really, again, this is a question that Stephen should be able to answer. He didn't go into much detail about this when he just dropped in casually last week. And it was really interesting. Maybe he's under a uh, NDA and he's not allowed to say anything. Perhaps, although if that's the case, he shouldn't have said anything anyway. But um, I know. I'm hoping he'll get arrested. But um, yes, no, (laughs) it, it could be an NDA kind of thing. Might be something that maybe he misunderstood what it was. And it was truly just the phone doing all of it. And he was just happy to use those frames with it. You know, it just worked. But yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll have to find out. Okay, okay. That's enough, Tim. We've run out of time. I can't believe it. Even though Stephen isn't here, we filled an hour. But but I do still feel like we filled it with more. We filled it with love. We did. With love (laughs) and and geekiness and... Yes, so it it was fantastic. Absolutely. And of course, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, you can catch the podcast on your favourite podcast app. Just search for Double Tap Canada. You can follow us on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. You can even see our website and check out some of our blogs. That's doubletap.online. Not .com. No way, <laughs> sir. It's .online. <laughs> uh, Tim, have I missed anything out? Actually, Sean, yes, because there are so many ways to get your fill of Double Tap Canada. If if you want to email us, if you have I've had my fill, mm, well, <laughs> if you have questions or comments for any of us about any of the things we talked about here or anything else, email us. Send those to feedback at ami.ca. And like we said before, if you want to send us a voice message, call one eight six six five zero nine four five four five. Leave us your suggestion, feedback, question, whatever it is that you want to send to us, and. Uh, Of course, as Sean said, make sure to give us permission to use it on air. And if you want to go to a website that's not a dot online, but is a traditional dot com, please visit lifeafterblindness.com where you'll find more. Oh, that's it. We're out of time. What a shame. Oh, I'm so sorry, Tim. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) that's it for this week. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Tim. And we will see you next week. Thank you, Sean. Bye. 
Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.